Hey, listener, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You can play Pick'em. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower total in each stat for this week's games for a chance to win big. You can actually win up to 100 times your money in a single night. That's right. I didn't say 10. I didn't say 20. Up to 100 times your money. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick them entry. My favorite feature, you can make rivals picks. Hit two players against each other. Wembenyama versus Nikola Jokic. Tim Hardaway Jr. versus Norm Powell. Kawhi Leonard versus Steph Curry. Who knows? Maybe Grayson Allen versus Pat Connaughton. You get where I'm going with that. You can do it all with Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you sign up today with the promo code DING. That's D-I-N-G. And get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our promo code DING, D-I-N-G, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concern with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag Podcast every Wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. <laughs> that just went by fast. Kind of casually tossed that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got into trouble. <laughs> they wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality and you're naked and screaming. It's like... <laughs> Follow us for free on Apple Podcasts and all major podcast platforms. For more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and find enlightenment through our Instagram or TikTok at chinwagpod or on Twitter at chinwag underscore pod. Previously on Cinephobe. I mean, I don't want any questioning from you on this. This is the greatest opening scene in Cinephobe history. I'm not going to confirm or deny that right now. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch some of the yeah why don't you consult with your people and get back to us on on whether this is the best opening scene i know i'm filled with integrity so i wouldn't just spout out prisoner of the moment talk his name is an integrity i go back and i do my homework i do my research his name is pierre some of us like to be prepared <laughs> agreed some of us do some of us do so depressed i don't even want to talk about it Here's the science about Western University, okay? Oh, boy. 45,000 students, 60% of them are girls. That's a lot of pussy. That's, 
<laughs> you got horses. What you need are thoroughbreds. Time for a recruiting violations montage. Clip this John Lee Hooker money song. Money don't get everything is true. What it don't buy that I can't use. I need some money. I need money. Yeah. What I want. I need some money, honey. I need some money so bad All of my bills behind I need some money right now I know your love is so good, baby I need some money Oh yeah, what I want I need some money I need some money What I want Back in Chicago, Mama McRae gets a new job with a really nice view. Ricky's pop gets a real nice John Deere 6400. He gets horny when he sees that tractor. He pops. Ass off reaction and sigh. His pop pops. Pop pop. Pop pop. I have pop pop in the attic. What? The mere fact that you can't make me love pop pop tells me you're not ready. Neon hanging out. Guy drops off a brand new Lexus. Hands him the keys. I didn't ask for this. Mama McRae giving directions to movers at their new house with the lawn. Man in a suit knocks on Ricky's door and gives him a bag of cash under, you guessed it, once again, a 20 CB USA Today. USA Today repeat offender. Which has been on a heater mm -hmm. in the last hundred years. Nolte gets a call. It's done. That montage was like the baptism scene in The Godfather, where the Corleones kill all the heads of the other families. Spoiler alert. It's all done. Yep. Bang. Boom. Ed O'Neill has pictures of all this? This 20 CB printer fax. I don't know what's happening there. I call it a dot matrix. Is it a dot matrix? It is a dot matrix, but it's definitely... And also, Al Bundy can smell cheating from a mile away. Cross an ocean. Charlie? Yeah. Ass on. Charlie sucks, dude. This motherfucker cannot act. No way, Ed. Not Pete Bell. Are you shitting me? He paid for him. I can smell it. Jenny comes into Nolte's office. He's chilling in a towel for some reason. That's coach behavior, man. People sexiest man alive right there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they're trying to sell here. His body is ragged. Like melting clay. I mean, yeah, it's Nick Nolte, dude. There's nothing that's not ragged. It looks like a failed pottery project. <laughs> <laughs> it's the outtakes of ghosts. Yes. <laughs> that is the result of Demi Moore saying, fuck it. I'll just fuck Patrick Swayze. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> Dion comes in. 960. Yeah, with a big smile. He wants his $100. He really wants it. Cut to class. Ricky, checking out the girls. Professor's talking about Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Maze, please clip the professor from How High. Zach, I already know. It's in too. Same request, too, yes. <laughs> what about you two? Why did you walk out and protest with your brothers? Walk out on me. What are you doing sitting there? You look like Whitey. You look like a couple of goddamn Uncle Toms. Walk on out. That's right. Yeah. Get up and move. You should lynch me. Lynch me. Lynch me for what my people have done to your people. Ricky is horny, but I don't blame him. Them legs, we didn't even get to see the upper part of her torso. Straight up thighs. Gam City. Does Butch leave class? No, I think he just goes to a different seat. Yeah, because this dude's too horny. I thought he maybe switched seats to get away from Ricky, but then when you see the wide shot, he's not there. Yeah, you don't see him anywhere. Neon raises his hand, makes it his place to speak, says it's culturally biased. Culturally biased? Uh-oh, he's officially doing the dice thing too much, guys. Yes, <laughs> same note too. Who is the more disruptive <laughs> Bayou student, Neon or Bobby Boucher? Oh, <laughs> Bingo Boucher, probably. I would say Neon because Neon's trying to be disruptive. Yeah. Bobby's ma stupid. Ma ma mama says. Mama say that happiness is from magic rays of sunshine that come down when you're feeling blue. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, 
Mama's wrong again. <laughs> no kind of saying this, you're wrong. Mama's right. He points at Ricky, says, you told me to take this class. Ricky's like, I don't know. Ricky's super busy jerking off with a hole in his pocket. <laughs> teacher says, we'll keep an eye on him. Shaq says, I appreciate it. Then the teacher tells him to walk out on the scores. Yeah. Lynch me. You're sitting here like a couple of goddamn Shaq with the t-shirt tucked in and a belt in the purple shorts. Oh my God. It's not like a belt that you would wear with jeans or shorts. It's a formal wear belt that you would wear with a suit. Yeah. This isn't some like mid nineties braided belt thing. No, this is that smooth black leather suit and tie. Yes. This is an interesting little back and forth here. We've We've got Ed with incriminating photos, and then we've got the players working out with Nick Nolte coaching. Al Bundy has money for all types of photographers all over the country just yeah. stalking private citizens. Algiers! He's getting them faxed to him on dot matrix printers. He's got photos in Algiers! This is when we find out that Happy's last name is Bingendahl. <laughs> Oh boy, that one got past everybody. Speaking of Bingen dolls, check out Charlie in that photo I just sent you. Classmate. Look at that five o'clock shadow, though. That's ass off. Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Neon's dunking, doing baby hooks. Nolte's sitting in Yi Lan's chair. Yeah. That was just for you guys. Thanks. Charlie says they couldn't prove it with the football team. Ed says they're going to get this guy. We're going to get the great Pete Bell. Cut to the restaurant. Nolte's taking Jenny to dinner, pumping hands. Everybody's excited to see him. She's excited. Looks like you're back in business, coach. With you? <laughs> oh, don't get carried away. He's so horny. Yo, he's just trying to get it. She congratulates him on getting the players he wanted without selling out. And this motherfucker mm -hmm. puts on a show. Well, you know the rules. They don't make much sense. He's slipping a little bit on his bluff game. He does start to slip here. But he gets his footing. And he gets it right back. And hypocritical. There's a lot of people on the tank. I don't blame him. Why is he getting defensive? <laughs> and I said... Why is he getting defensive? Yeah. Say no too. But then he flips it. She asked him, did you cheat? Look to me in my eyeballs. And he pauses and he says, no. No, I did not cheat. And I said, that's a real long pause there. That's a fucking moment of silence. It's <laughs> a real long pause. Swear to God. Kids keep coming up for autographs. I think we've talked about this before, but has the selfie officially replaced the autograph? Yes. 100%. Yeah. Nobody gets autographs anymore. Unless you got memorabilia. We're a couple of D4Cs out on a date. Al Green soundtrack kicks up. Mm -hmm. Let's stay together. Nolte reminds Jenny he's crazy about her. Mm -hmm. Soundtrack's position. Pete Bell's trying to get her to ring his bell. You know what I mean? Woo. His dick. And then we get a weird, awkward transition straight to practice. Yeah. Well, I said she looked uncomfortable there, probably because she needs to tell him that she fucked Neon. Well, I think she's uncomfortable because she fucked Neon, not because she needs to tell him. Oh, okay. See, his dick is rather large and has rearranged her tiny guts. Oh, his penis? Yes. Yeah, okay. Awkward transition to basketball practice. What is this drill? Then we're doing the things that Terry Porter had fucking Hall of Famers <laughs> trying to do in their 30s. What the fuck is happening? He's waving a golf club around? Shaq absolutely eats shit on one of those drills. Tore his ACL. The magic had to have been pissed. I'm pissed. Like, yo, what the fuck? I'm pissed retroactively. That's dangerous. That's like fucking lawnmower, man. That's dangerous. <laughs> you sound like a big... Hey, that's dangerous. <laughs> Teaching Neon how to post up on Ricky. Yeah. Nolte's physical and handsy once again. Super handsy. Teaching Butch and Neon to run the two-man game. Now they're scrimmaging. Butch is fucking it up. The two-man game was that Pete Bell ought to coach the Bucks. Yeah, he should. Also, it's funny the way he describes it. Play the two-man game. Play the two-man game between you and Neon. It's going to be a great two-man game. 
What? <laughs> Repetition is insane in this movie. All he does is repeat shit back that people say to him. Mm-hmm. He repeats his own shit. Oh, is repetition a horseman? Yes. Repetition, parroting, echoing. Mm-hmm. Culturally biased, culturally biased. It's nonstop. TV, not just watching the tube, coach. Yeah, funkin' TV. TV, you fucking TV. He just keeps doing it over and over again. Scrimmage time. Shaq's leading the break. Ricky's hitting. Butch is fucking up. He gets pulled off the first team. And he says bitching about it. Neon's doing Shaq Fu moves in the tunnel. Yeah, Shaq Fu, man. That is some 20 CBS shit right there. I wonder whose idea that was. <laughs> he had a video game to sell, to be fair. It's around that time. Here comes Penny in the ass on sweepstakes, looking a little bummed out. Oh, my God. Wants to talk to Nolte. This scene was just a little too long, too many words, and too many emotions for someone who doesn't act. Yes. This is it right here. I'm homesick. You're homesick. Homesick, huh? Huh? Okay, we get it. He said he's homesick. I could hear the 20 CB in Nolte's voice when he said homesick. Homesick? 100%. Yeah, homesick. You bitch. Like, what? Hang tough. Now he's not homesick. He's talking about offensive strategy. I've never been in a motion offense. That's not my style. I need to be in a 1-4 offense. That's my style. Yeah, where I can handle the ball and keep my ass on. I don't know if it's the right way, but God damn it, it's my way. Which wants to know if he left school, would his mom lose her house and job? Nolte walks away. Nolte doesn't know anything about it. If you made some arrangements. And this is where Pete Bell goes from CT5 best liars to CT5 worst liars. He misses a step here, yeah. Well, he's stressed. His blood pressure is high. You have to live up to those responsibilities, and Butch flips off. What responsibilities, coach? What do you mean? What are you talking about? I am aggressively washing his hands. So ass off. <laughs> like it's a goddamn pandemic, man. Ass off for sure. I don't know. You're the one that brought him up. You're talking to the wrong guy. Nolte eventually picks up the phone and calls Happy. We've got the one side conversation. Hey, coach, how you doing? Huh? Butch, arrangement, arrangement my ass. If that son of a bitch is unhappy, it's your job to make him happy, huh? Listen, you can sell ice to the Eskimos. You can sell this spoiled brat on how happy he really is. I don't even want to have this conversation. Butch's mother has got a new job and a new house with a lawn. That is happy enough. You got it? Happy so ass off, man. Nolte puts the phone down, tells Butch to be at practice on Monday. Bars. Mm-hmm. Real question. Are we supposed to feel bad for Butch here because he doesn't like the offense? Is that why we're supposed to feel bad for him? No, it's because he's homesick. So is it just because Penny is a bad actor in this scene that I'm not buying it? Because I didn't even think that he was homesick. Yeah. I thought it was just that he didn't like the offense. I thought it was really bitching about the offense. He doesn't like any of it. He wants to transfer is what it is, right? After not playing a game. Yeah, well, by the way, shout out to the bitch on poolside at at Happy's house. The lady? Just cut it out, that's all. That's no way to talk to a dame. Cut to Pete Bell's TV show. Nolte's touching his face. Transition to Nolte (laughs) touching his face at a different time. Getting introduced for a pep rally with that bingo dolphin again. He's back. Oh, the dolphin, man, is fucking (laughs) killing it. The dolphin is so overjoyed. This dolphin's ass off. Jenny coming backstage with tapes, gives Mel a hug. He invites her to the Belgrade after the show. Happy walks in with Ricky, says to Jenny, every time I see you, you look younger. What's Happy doing here? She wonders why he's with Ricky. He's a friend of the program. Okay, Marcus Johnson? Ass off. Snitch. Also tells her to wake up and smell the bribery. Yes. 
Come on. You know how things are. You ever have some shit that's blatant and someone walks around like, what's happening? You're like, come on, man. We're being stupid here. Yeah. That's what he's doing. He's like, you know what the deal is. Now she doesn't want to have a drink after the show. She walks out. Coach goes backstage after the show. He's pissed that Happy's there. Oh, man. Flips his fucking lid. Happy hands Ricky car keys. They claim it's just a loner. Tell Nolte to relax. He tosses the car keys. Shucks those fucking things. Tells Ricky, get the hell out of here. The way he stares at them. Like, Let me see those keys. Yeah. He just throws that shit. He chucks that thing like Josh Allen throwing a check down. Absolutely <laughs> fires it. That's impossible, Zach. Josh Allen's <laughs> never thrown a check down. For him, a 30-yard pass is a check down. Impossible. There's no such thing. You son of a bitch. I do not want you around my kids. Oh, your kids. You sound like Jerry Lewis for crying out. Get your finger out of my face. I did not authorize a car for Ricky. But you did authorize the friends of the program to do what had to be done. Listen, I want yeah. to tell you something right yeah. now. Ricky is a farm kid. He's going to take that car. He's going to blab all over town. Well, then tell him to shut up. You're the coach. Listen, you got to understand something. The friends of the program are my friends, and they are friends for life. What they've done is untraceable. What I've done is unprovable. There will be no smoking gun because I am the smoking gun. Golden dumpster bar. That's a bar. Holy shit. Now relax. It's all working. Amazing fight. We even get Happy walking away, but Nolte's not done with his ass yet. Happy, you're a scumbag. You know that? And this is officially when he becomes the bad guy. I mean, no, he's a good guy. He's still a good guy. How? He's about the right things. What is this, The Bachelor? He's not here for the right reasons. I didn't break any laws. You did. You broke the collegiate athletic laws. It's your career that's on the line, not mine. My career's in my own hands. I own you. He's so, so ass off. When he steps back and they're face to face, this is as good as it gets in terms of two actors fully going at it. I just open my mouth. Rumors start to fly about you, for instance. I've lived through accusations. I walked away from the alleged point shaving incident. Think again. That thing happened. Oh, you know what? I'm going to fuck up your whole world. Everything you know is a lie. Nolte can't believe it. Why don't you try this one? January 16th, three years ago. A mean subscribe to Cinemax. <laughs> I bought one of your boys, coach. No kid of mine would ever fix the game. Why don't you just go to the videotape, coach? I own you, Pete. You're mine. <laughs> Nolte is just throwing VHS tapes on the ground. The video coordinator needs to be fired for lack of organization here. No organization at all. Dude, it's real easy. By chronological order, by season. Yeah. Coach should not have to be doing this. But all right, to be fair, Pete Bell is constantly grabbing videos yeah. and yeah. running away with them. This dude is watching game tape all the time. And try to get some pussy while he's watching them. This is constant. No, 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 Zach. It's either or. Yeah. It's game tape or it's pussy. Or it's drinking. I think the game tape leads to it. I think it's a gateway. <laughs> the yeah. Game tape leads to pussy. It's a gateway fuck. <laughs> ah, does a yawn and stretch and boy, speaking of rebounds. Been a while, huh? <laughs> it's the original Netflix and chill game tape and pussy. Yes. What is this obsession with pussy crushing counting? He finally finds it. They were playing state. I love that in movies. It's so dumb. Oh, it's so good. Oh, state. Coast. Yeah. Oh, if coach would put me in, we would have won state. <laughs> Assistant coaches wonder what's up. They don't believe it. Ass off for everyone in this scene. Oh, man. Freddie's like, yeah, man. Mark is eating the carrots and the white guy Freddie. saying, what was the spread? What was the thing? Yeah. And then Jack with the teary eye. Oh, my God. Tony was my guy. My guy. That to me, if I'm not trying to be cute or funny, that's the golden dumpster. That's the most famous scene probably. This whole scene. Yeah. 
and it's a two America situation. They shouldn't even been playing. He pulled a hamstrings. Like, what was he doing playing with the hamstring? <laughs> Tough ass kid from Chicago. Yeah. This is what they do. There's a angle for both sides, but then as it goes on and on, and he keeps making bad turnovers and playing bad defense. Oh man. Mel says we run a clean program. Worked hard to keep it clean. I was like, did you just dime out to Jenny that you guys have been paying people? He's talking about the past. Maybe a clean program. That's new, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> Three years ago it was a clean program. It wasn't. They're watching it. Freddie guarantees it didn't cover the spread. Heavy action in Vegas. Somebody got rich. Somebody got rich. How did they look that up? Well, they don't know. That's the whole point. Now I know we can just go like, oh, what was the spread? Well, back then, you'd have to go to a library where the newspapers were if they even had betting lines in those. Also, the way that they're talking about gambling is incredibly 20 CV, you know? Yeah. Because it's still evil and yeah. they didn't say that it's the mob, but essentially that's what they're implying. <laughs> Along the watchtower clip it. It's more Vanilla Ice's version of it than a thing just did. Just a little bitty thing. There must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Businessman there to drink my wine. Come and dig my earth. Coach Bell runs to the dorms. There's a party happening. Goes to Tony's room and says, Club Hollywood on it. He bangs on the door for mad long mm -hmm. before Tony opens the door and says, surely Tony's going to be in there with a girl. That's why it took him so long. No. Film Noir. He's masturbating. Tony's by himself. <laughs> he was masturbating. Absolutely jerking off. He puts Club Hollywood on when he's... <laughs> yes, he writes Club Hollywood on when it's time. <laughs> Is this the original MVP conversation <laughs> bar? <laughs> Club Hollywood. <laughs> He is pressing Tony about this shit, man. Poking him in the chest and yelling, cut the bullshit. Did you take money? Did you shave points? No, I didn't. I swear to God, no. CT5 liars, Tony. <laughs> he seemed really convincing when he said, I didn't do it. No, coach, never. Nolte turns away, then shoves him into the wall. Come on, coach, tell you, coach. I would not tell you, coach. coach. You tell me that told you, man. You tell me that told you, man. Tell me that told you. once. Just once. We won the damn day, right? We just didn't come to the goddamn spread. I mean, who cares about the spread? That's just for the damn gamblers, ain't it? That's Tony CV. <laughs> yes. Tony apologizes to coach, sits down dramatically. Crying his ass off. Son, haven't I always been there for you? Tactical redundancy. Are you a better basketball player because of me? Are you a better man? Tony's got tears streaking down his face. Tony's ass off in this scene, man. Son, you took the purest thing in your life and you corrupted it. Sits down in his cum chair. Nolte goes to Jenny's house. It's 1 a.m. He's doubled over holding his knees. Yeah. Like he just ran suicides. Jenny, I need to talk. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. Jenny, it's me. That's the other reason. Woo! Bars! Got his ass. And there's the last name. <laughs> you looked me straight in the eye and you lied to me without a hesitation. And I believed you. Mm -hmm. CT5 liar. He's trying to apologize. And so now I don't trust myself around you. And I said, bro, that's a green light. Because <laughs> I thought I knew you and I don't. So you can't come in. And then he trespasses. Bart is right in. And I said, whoa, whoa, not that kind of green light. <laughs> you still got to play the game, bro. This is a crime. I don't care if she's let him in a hundred times. No, this is absolutely a crime. This is 
assault. Yeah. He grabs her, man. He explains what happened with Happy and Tony. Happy owns Tony. He owns me. I coached a fixed game. Tony admitted it to me. We get a massive eye roll from Jenny. Now she's grabbing her hair stressed out. I know you're feeling abandoned, but I can't help you with anything anymore. Lock the door before you leave. Nolte just wants to get drunk. Can we just have a drink? And I said, am I Coach Pete? Yes. This is the moment of, wait a second, am I Coach Pete? And then he drops down on the stairs crying with blue balls. Yeah. <laughs> I am Coach Pete. <laughs> Cut to Gary VD taping the fuck out of Tony's ankle. Oh my God. Gary VD taping the fuck out of Tony's ankle. Exact quote of my notes. I thought Tony was about to go into a prize fight with his feet. It looked like a cast by the time he was done with it. I feel like Gary VD was told we're doing multiple takes and he didn't cut off. He just kept adding tape. <laughs> Nolte's on the bench, bent over, sad. Nolte is ass off saying nothing. Then he's in the office, bent over, sad. Now he's slouched in the hallway. Sad. 10 minutes to eight. This is a late start for a West Coast game. A late ass start. Oh my God. It was on ESPNU. He's going to talk to the team in front of a massive screen. It's time for another big speech. Yep. We've got a job to do. We've got a job. Now, God damn it. We're not going out there to make a good show or just to put up a good fight. We're going out there to beat the best goddamn team in the country right now. And let me tell you something, boys. You may not know this, but I know it. I've been there before. There's the talent in this room to do just that, to beat Indiana. Butch, the ball's yours. First option, get to Dion. <laughs> ball's yours, but get to the big guy. Butch nods. <laughs> He's engaged. Shaq is completely dead-eyed. That's how Shaq looks in a real film session. I just want to point that out. He's not an active, energetic participant. He looks exactly like that. They'll adjust. Move the ball to Ricky. Once they triple team Neon, that's when you pass it to the white dude. Basket's same height as your father's shit-ass barn hoop in Indiana. And I don't think it is. Of course not. I don't think that hoop is regulation height. That thing was eight feet. Indiana's in the other locker room wondering what we're going to do. Well, I'll send a note over to Bobby Knight, and I'll tell him exactly what we're going to do. I'll give him our offense. I'll give him our defense. Because it's not what you do, goddammit. It's how you do it. Bars. Yeah. And we're going to go nose to nose with him. And we're going to beat him at both ends of the court. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because, goddammit, that's what I demand of you. All right, let's go. Time for the game. This fucking mascot. Bingo Dolphin. Yeah. Yes. Bingo. I can't believe We are in the last 10 meters of this race. And it is nose to nose <laughs> Nolte and this dolphin, man. Snout to snout. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I can't believe I missed all of this. Oh, There's a lot going on in this movie. I understand. But man, this bingo dolphin is a seed stealer. Incredible. So magnetic. And we got Dickie V, baby. Unbelievable, baby. Oh, just clip it. Some ass on recaps position from Dickie V. Dickie V's position. This game is double elimination, by the way. I don't know if you guys know that. It is, yeah. Oh, the double elimination is about to kick up so hot right now it's gonna be awesome baby with a capital a i'm so excited i can't wait we got an unbelievable matchup heavyweights he fell against bobby knight the general this place will be rocking and rolling bob hurley transferred from duke yeah the fuck did he get on indiana dickie calls neon scintillating and sensational butch silky smooth guard ricky doesn't get any adjectives he's white white he's a white man he's ben affleck ben affleck yeah <laughs> You're white, you're Pete Chilcutt. Bobby walks out, crowd boos him. Dickie says it's going to be double elimination, baby, with a capital D. Is Tony not playing? Is he not starting? Is he off the team for this incident? I don't see Tony anywhere. When they celebrate at the end, he's there. Yes. He's starting. I just saw him, number 44. He starts again. Both coaches want to force switches. Butch gets an and one, Neon with a block. 
Monster Dunk, another one off Transition Lob. Bobby Knight is ass off this entire fucking scene. Incredible. Which, again, in the trivia, he was coaching to win even though it was scripted to lose. College Calvert Cheney, problem. Snort emoji. Hey, man. I'm telling you. In college, he was a killer. You had to have been in that moment. He is him. God damn it. Don't say that. Don't say that. You just said he's a problem. I would rather you call him Big Daddy Mars than say he was him. <laughs> Big Daddy Calvert? <laughs> <laughs> My voices. <laughs> the basketball is good. They actually shot real basketball. Yeah. But the camera angles. It's kind of hard. Everything's too zoomed in. Why don't we ever get any sort of actual television angle? Because it's supposed to look like a movie, not like a basketball broadcast. I guess so. You're supposed to be in the shit, you know? But wouldn't it be the most realistic if it actually looked like a broadcast? No, because they're not living life through a broadcast. Yeah. You're living life through Pete Bell. And the angst that he's starting to go into as it is an 87-87 game. Starting. And in this final minute 15, he's got Echo's position ringing through his head. You got Bobby Knight yelling at the ref and the ref says he can't see him. Move his fat ass to where you can see him. Yo, that's fucking ass off. Well, you can sure as hell see the guy over him. I guarantee that wasn't acting. <laughs> we start getting the echoes in Nick Nolte's head. Ricky asking for money. Happy talking shit. Happy owns him. Then he's singing how he lied to her. Stroke that forehead, guys. Oh, man. 93-92. Oh, the anguish. Coach draws up a play for a neon lob. They execute it perfectly. Shaq for the win. Happy loves it. Nolte's not happy about it at all. Crowd storms the court. Shaq jumps onto a pile of people. Yeah. That's a 300-pound man. They're not prepared for that. Nope. Once again, a liability for the Orlando Magic. <laughs> the team is celebrating in the tunnel in the locker room. Nolte walks in. Real quick, check out this 20-year-old college student who's at the game celebrating the oh, win. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's Frankfurt, Indiana's <laughs> finest. Damn. That's a hot dog fan right there. This dude, his team. <laughs> what the fuck is going on with his team? I don't know, man. He's only got three in the front. <laughs> Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Coach walks in. He's sad. He's morose. Boys, the rules don't make much sense, but I believe in the rules. Now, some of us broke them. I broke them. I can't do this. I can't win like this. So tomorrow, I'll talk to you all individually about your futures here. All the players are trying to look sad, confused, or mm -hmm. disappointed. Not great. I love you all very much. A hell of a game you played. My note was, shut up, Monty. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, Nolte. <laughs> Dion follows him out. There's some cops, Kathy Batesing their ass off in that hallway. And he says, hey, coach, how do you like that spin move? You did real good, Neon. Real good. Thanks, man. See you later. He goes to the press conference. The media cheers. Dude, I was beside myself. Some of it's alumni, but that's media. A standing ovation. Doc Rivers at his first Bucks press conference three months ago. <laughs> what in the Denver Nuggets is going on here? Happy is leading a chant of his cronies in the back. Then you gotta clip this uh -oh. bizarre. You gotta clip it because I'm not gonna say it. No one's saying it. 900 million. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you something. You know, 900 million Chinamen couldn't give a damn. Not the proper nomenclature. <laughs> it sure isn't. They couldn't care less about this press conference. But I love basketball. 
I'm a dolphin. I just love it. Yeah, man. Fucking dolphin mascot will get you. That'll pull you in. This is a long speech. Yeah. But Ed raises his hand. Gotta ask this question or I wouldn't be doing my job. Ed is a reporter, man. Asked about giving Neon an automobile. You know, Ed, you gotta get your mind out of the gutter. Start thinking straight. It was right there in front of you. I mean, it wasn't an automobile. It was a fully loaded Lexus. Doc Rivers press conference laugh happens. Film noir? Damn car had everything. It had everything. Didn't it, Happy? No, no, coach. It was a nuclear surfboard, remember? (laughs) His friends around him are crushing it. What is my man wearing behind Al Bundy? Oh, Oh, yeah. This is a media member. I can see his credential. That's a leather-ass jacket right there. Actually, it might be pleather. That's two leather jackets having sex. (laughs) In one <laughs> with enough buttons to fill the Nile. Hold on. Two dragons. Happy CT5 liar. He enters his name into the sweepstakes at the nuclear surfboard. And then Nolte says, who knows what he would have done for a Ferrari? I said, he scored 900 on SAT for a hundred bucks <laughs> yeah, right. for a Ferrari. This <laughs> would have destroyed the building. Bob Cousy trying to look nervous or upset oh. or some shit. I don't know. I just know it's not working for me. That's your ass. He's making an incredible push here in the last scene. No. Nolte says the alumni are all jerking off to this win, which is the only time the alumni jerk off is when we win. And I said, speak for yourself, pal. Win or lose. Once he starts snitching them out for real, look at how the energy has changed with his cronies. Now that's how you do an angry reaction shot. Yes. Cars, tractors, houses, bags of cash. I don't know what we gave these kids. You know, they asked for things. We gave it to them. I mean, you guys asked me to win and I gave that to you, right? The alumni are all jerking off over this win, which is the only time the alumni ever jerk off, right? Is when we win. Because this ain't about education. It ain't much about winning, and it sure as hell ain't much about basketball. It's about money. Just goddamn money. That's what it's about, Ed. And I bought into it. I bought into it big time. I'm a big part of the problem. Yeah. Stick a fork in this creep, because he's done. He's dead meat. You're finished. You will never coach in America again. You got that? Why don't you try Bulgaria? Here they're looking for wimps like you. Winders! No, you goddammit! Get your hands off me! I can walk! Loser! You lost three years in a row! Give everything you wanted! He goes happy, heading for the cash machine. Oh, yeah, he's gonna get himself a middle linebacker. That guy's got the best player's money can buy! The best player's money can buy! Kuzi really wants to sew a bass on here. He's trying to clinch the buy so he doesn't have to play in the first round. <laughs> Nolte's still not done with his final monologue. Somewhere in America right now, there's some 10-year-old kid named Zach Harper. He's out there in that Oakley store and he's dribbling between his legs. He's going left. He's going right. He's already above the rim, stuffing at home. He's dunking over cabinets. <laughs> 10 years old? 10 years old dunking? How is this 10-year-old above the rim? Oh, I'm upside down. <laughs> Wow. It's not the joke for you to make. (laughs) Too close to the sun. Too close to the sun. Happy is making a run. Ass off? Absolutely. Ed O'Neill with the, I got his ass. He admitted it. Look, Mm -hmm. this is incredible ass off right here. Holy (laughs) shit, it worked. Like, I've been trying this point shaving shit for years and I couldn't get it. (laughs) I asked him about a goddamn car. That's it. Nolte's getting reminiscent about 
last season, his best coaching job. They gave me everything they had. I said, coach, you called them losers a hundred minutes ago. Hang tough. What are you talking about? Who are you talking to? He said, you're the dumbest team I've ever coached. I'm through fighting you sons of bitches. They tore their shit out of their lockers. But God damn it, those kids gave me their heart. The only thing that brings me joy is knowing that there are only two more games that I have yes. to watch you guys play. Yes. That's the best coaching job he's ever done. God damn. Oh, miserable son of a bitch. They gave it everything. And you know, it wasn't good enough. Wasn't good enough for me. Wasn't good enough for you. Wasn't good enough for anybody. That's pathetic. I mean, it's really pathetic. I've become what I despise. Yeah. I cheated my profession. Cheated myself. I cheated basketball. There's two words I didn't think could ever come out of my mouth. I didn't think I'd ever be able to say. I quit. Reporters chittering oh, like crazy. Big time chittering. Nolte walks out of the field house. It's still covered with the same trash from before. It's the exact same <laughs> shot. But you notice what he does? Amin, did you catch this? No. He looks back at the arena like John Taffer. No, like Taffer. Yes. <laughs> look back at it. I did a good job here. I did it, yeah. My work here is done. <laughs> yeah. And he walks off into town. Great caption. Marching band fades into crickets. Mm-hmm. Leans against a pole watching a... Bunch of local youths play hoops on a background with no net. Nine-year-olds playing basketball at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night? Yeah, remember that game was a late start on the West Coast. That's an 8 o'clock start, yes. No, at 7.50, they were watching game film. That means that's an 8.30 start at least. So this is midnight? In L.A. or somewhere on the West Coast. In West City. Turns out even if you take the coach out of Western University, you can't take the coach out of Pete Bell because no. he... He walks over there to either diddle the kids or coach them up. I don't know which one. <laughs> like Jan from fucking... <laughs> Jan, yeah. Yeah, coach. Sets up a bunch of kids and teaches them how to stop. The knuckle puck. This kid is ass off miming the shooting instructions. Mechanics of a jump shot. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Let me try that. Yeah. We get a zoomed out shot and some text position. The six-week update from Bar Rescue. Yes. <laughs> Sales are up 20%. <laughs> Western. Western was banned from tournament play for three years. Tony finally passed TV. Oh. Graduated <laughs> and playing pro ball in Europe. Ricky injured his knee like a bitch and went home to run Pop's farm. <laughs> he just quit. Butch and Neon dropped out of school. They now play in the NBA. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Shit. Pete Bell is still fighting with the refs at a small high school in the Midwest. The more. Roll credits. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about Butcher Box. Butcher Box is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that 
out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at ButcherBox.com Dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Who cares if you lose the game? You got this off your chest. I mean, it's just one night of bar trivia. Ooh. One night of bar trivia is sacrosanct us. Trivia is sacrosanct. Nick Nolte wrote a 200-page novel about Pete Bell to tap into the character's psyche. What? Yeah. Nah, that's too much. That's crazy. That's too much, bro. For the game against Bobby Knight, the filmmakers had the teams play two games, shooting on five cameras. They took bits and pieces to assemble what is seen. Unlike the screen version, Bobby Knight's team prevailed in both games, told the players to treat the games as real and play as hard as they could. He also refused to wear makeup while on camera. Nick Nolte shadowed Bobby Knight during Indiana's 1992 season. He was in attendance for Indiana's 92 senior night. Friedkin's decision to cast basketball players was rooted in the director's sentiment that actors make for unconvincing athletes in most sports films. He's right. However, Friedkin did not want Shaquille O'Neal to seem, quote, too uncharacteristically tall. So they had special shoes made for him where the soles were only a quarter inch thick. The other actors and players all wore special raised orthotics to make them seem taller next to O'Neal. Having seen Penny's talents on the set of this movie, Shaq persuaded the Orlando Magic to pick Penny in the 1993 NBA draft. On draft day, they traded Chris Webber to the Warriors for Penny and three future first round picks. They then made the NBA Finals for the first time in franchise history with the best record in the East in 94-95, get swept by Hakeem and Clyde Drexler and the Rockets. The scene where Coach Bell visits Larry Bird at that outdoor basketball court was, in fact, filmed at Bird's real-life home oh. in West Baden Springs, Indiana, which is where he was born, but he was raised in French Lake. It's also the scene where they shot the 1986 Converse TV commercial featuring Bird and Magic Johnson. He sold the property in 2007. Now it's a resort and hotel. <laughs> That contains original furniture and memorabilia. Bobby Knight donated all of his salary from the movie to Indiana University. Hmm. This is from the Sports Illustrated Oral History by Tim Rohan, July 2019 on the 25th anniversary. Ron Shelton said the first scene with the character that Shaq plays in Blue Chips takes place in the bayou. Originally, though, it was written for the street courts of Compton. Nice. I took that and said, I want to make a whole movie about that world. Mm. Michelle Rappaport, the producer, said, white men can't jump. Ron Shelton wrote that in 1991, one draft, and it went right into production. Very different models. One was a sprint. The other was a triathlon. Wow. So he wrote Blue Chips first. The idea for white men can't jump came out of Blue Chips, but white men can't jump was made first. Wow. And then... Michelle Rappaport said, I remember asking an executive at Fox, we have two basketball movies and you're going to make white men can't jump first. And they said, no, we're only going to make white men can't jump. Oh, wow. Jeez. But then it was such a huge hit that blue chips got done. Ron Shelton, the block was hot. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden 
blue chips got made. That's a pretty dope. That's not bad. Nice little story there. Yeah. This is like Dolly Parton writing Jolene and I will always love you in the same day. Imagine if it was one supersized movie. Oh, with both. Woo. Oh, they discover Shaq, discovered neon on the courts of Venice Beach. Woo. Wow. I'm here for it. Playing Billy Hoyle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I know you made the joke earlier about 10 year old Zach Harper, but you know who was actually 10 years old when this movie came out? LeBron James. Wow. So the 10 year old he's talking about can be the greatest recruit ever. LeBron James. Nick Nolte said, Billy, that's Friedkin, and I had to go down to Orlando. We were in a hotel. Shaq and his agent came in. Shaq had read the script. He said, I want to do this film. Then his agent stepped in and said, but we've got some problems. He can't say bitch and his character cannot have taken money. And Shaq interrupted, no, that's why I want to do the movie. I do say bitch, and I did take the money. Uh. As for O'Neal's own past with college payoffs, he tells it a little differently. Shaq, ah, hell no, never. I had a lot of stuff coming my way, and I was like, nope. In college, my father told me, you've been broke for 17 years. You can be broke for two more. Don't sell your soul. Freakin' said, a lot of actors contacted me about playing Ricky. Marky Mark Wahlberg wanted it. Oh, my I said, I'm casting guys like Shaquille O'Neal and Penny Hardaway. Can you play at that level? Of course he couldn't. I wasn't interested in any of these guys winning Academy Awards. I was interested in authenticity of play. Wow. Shout out to freaking Shaq said about Nolte. Nick has an acting switch like I've never seen in my life. He'd be talking with the boys. And as soon as they said action, he turned into a different dude. Thespianism at its finest. I thought I want to be that good. Wishful thinking. Oh, did you editorialize there? No, that's what it says. This is Shaq's alleged quote. Oh, and then it confused me because it just had last name. So it said O'Neal and then it had O'Neal, but with an I. Oh, Ed O'Neal. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> said, I really liked Duke guard Bobby Hurley. I'll tell you a funny thing about that fucker, Bobby Hurley. We were all so jealous of him. Every night of the week, he was with another girl who was better looking than the night before. Shout out to him. Damn, putting out his business, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then multiple accounts of Bobby Knight elbowing or shoving Dick Vitale and knocking him down when Dickie V surprised him with a hug on set. And he essentially did the Dean Portman in Mighty Ducks 2. <laughs> <laughs> Threw his elbow, Dickie V went, yeah. went tumbling. And then finally, this is an alley -oop to you guys. William Friedkin said, if you were going to do the film today, remember this is in 2019, you'd cast Zion Williamson. I don't think you have the catering budget. That's what Amin would say. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just was thinking about like how wide a lens in order to get them all in the same frame. <laughs> Trickier two shot than the taller guy. Let's <laughs> show me who the horsemen are, guys. Yeah, we got soul. Five horsemen. Man, repetition, parroting, echoing. Horniness. Bars. Bars. Nolte touching his own face, pulling his hair because of stress, mm -hmm. blood pressure. Maybe stress. Montages. Yeah. 20CB and FOTP, Friends of the Program. I'm going bars, dude. I think I'm with the mean on this. It's bars. There's so many bars dropped in this movie. Yeah, there are bars throughout this whole thing. Alfie Woodard with a millionaire. Tony himself, Anthony Chicago Hall, is going to join us to go through memories of shooting the movie, how he got the part, and also we'll go through the awards. So stay tuned. Plus, 
my highly anticipated next pick. Anthony Chicago Hall, not to be confused with Anthony Michael Hall. Repeat offender. <laughs> star of No More Cop. Back to back Anthony Hall movies. <laughs> Anthony Hall month. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into different parts of the movie that. We enjoyed with you, Chicago, but first... Tell me about the, what you hated, then we go <laughs> You know what, man? Yo, there's literally not a part of this movie I hate other than Jim Beheim's acting. Yeah, Jim Beheim. Oh, really? Jim Beheim was bad. He's terrible as himself. Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy was bad, too. I hate Bob Cousy, but yeah. Who else? There's one more person that was pretty bad. Bobby Knight was great. Bob Knight's incredible. Penny's pretty bad. Well, Penny was... Penny's great at the basketball <laughs> part. But I think for his character... He had to be a little soft, timid because his mom was so strong. Right. Okay. If he'd have been like hard and uh, and his mom being hard, it probably wouldn't have looked as good. I think he needed to be a little soft and timid to play that character. And I think he did a good job. That makes more sense. If you don't know right now, we're talking to Anthony Hall, a.k.a. Chicago. He plays Tony in Blue Chips. He's been in a bunch of movies. Was Gridlock with Tupac? No, gang-related with Tupac. Gang-related with Tupac. Sunset Park, Real Perlman, and Fragile Star. I just watched that recently, a couple of months ago. Really? Not for the first time. Rewatched it, and I forgot how much I liked that movie. Really? I love that movie, man. Okay. All right, damn. That's good. I get that a lot, but then I look at the people like, really? You like that movie? <laughs> you? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, because I didn't think it was mind-blowing great. I thought it was just average for a kid's movie during that time. Movies. Yeah, it might be a nostalgia thing yeah. because it just brought up all the memories of seeing it when I was 14, when it came out, 15, something like that. This aged me. Them teaching Rhea Perlman how to coach and her figure that. I, yeah. I don't know. It just hit me. It's not a great movie, but I just enjoyed the hell out of it. Well, Zach, you could pick it and we could have Tony right back next week. <laughs> Look, it's on my list. The white woman come to save the day. Oh, <laughs> a rare female white knight. It was like her. It was Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I can talk to these kids from the hood. Yeah, yeah I can get through. They need tough love. Their mom could do it, but I could. Another connection here is you're in the class which I did a book report on it my sophomore year of high school and then did it again my junior year of high school. But instead of reading the book, I just watched the movie and then did the report. <laughs> so the client, I don't remember how I got that gig, but Cassie just put me in this thing. I was delivering a pizza. <laughs> You're credited as pizza man. <laughs> yeah, I was delivering a pizza. Just dropping off a pizza to the kid in jail. That was it. Hilarious. It's a pivotal scene, I'm sure. Oh, son, that right there? <laughs> yeah. That made my career. That made my career. Where's the pizza box in the frame on the wall? You don't have that up there? I know. You got to get that framed up there. Yeah, yeah this has got to be the back. <laughs> I, no, I should have a pizza box. You know what? <laughs> Next time I talk to you guys, there will be a pizza box in here. There you go. <laughs> so, Chicago, I guess, first of all, how did you get cast in this movie? Oh, man, that's a cool story. I worked out at the Hollywood YMCA. All of my friends were Denzel Washington, Wesley Snipes, Ron Shelton, who actually wrote the movie. Yeah. Silk Cozart, Marcus Johnson, a bunch of the great actors, actresses, and athletes. So they were casting extras at the YMCA because Ron Shelton felt, let's go to the YMCA because that's his home where he hung out and worked out at. So they were casting for extras. So it was Ron Shelton the director, William Friedan, and the casting director. So I'm there. At this point, I had already done 
quite a few commercials. So I was blessed. Financially, I was blessed because back then doing commercials was really lucrative. So I'm in there, I'm doing dunks and all this crazy stuff. During that time, I was very athletic. Wasn't a great shooter, but I was very athletic, dunking on everybody. And then I thought to myself, wait, this is for extra? I don't want to be an extra. <laughs> Went over to Ron Shelton because he was a friend of mine. I said, Ron, and Freakin was sitting next to him. And I didn't know who William Freakin was at the time. And I told Ron, I said, you know what? I don't I don't think I want to be an extra in the movie, so I'm just going to take off. And he was like, wait, 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 wait. Why, why are you leaving? I said, well, I just don't want to be an extra in the movie. I said, what do you want to do? I said, I'd rather read for a part. I don't know a damn thing about acting to that level. Right. But I said, I'd rather read for a part. He talked to the cast director. The cast director gives me a script. You know, flip through it. I see this kid named Tony. I was like, fuck it. My name's Tony. <laughs> <laughs> So they didn't name the character after you. No. It was literally already named Tony. Now, Tony in the movie is from Chicago. Yes, I think it's just coincidence. Right. Wow. I think it's all coincidence. Or fate. Or fate. Or fate. But I said, I want to read for Tony. And so I went in. I worked out with Sue Kozar. Sue Kozar was like my acting coach. Came over to him. He, he prepped me for everything. What's going to go down and everything. So I go into the audition. I just walk in, and there's a bunch of guys sitting down ready to read for Tony or something. And when I walked in, casting director peeked his head out. I was like, hey, Chicago, are you ready? Because everybody called me Chicago. And I was like, yeah. And I walked past the guys like, is he taking me in before these guys are sitting here already? <laughs> so I go in there, do the audition. I don't even know if I was that great at an audition because I'm a horrible auditioner. And the director says, fuck it, you got the job. <laughs> On the spot? Yes. I was like, the fuck just happened here? You walked back into the waiting room and said, who's playing for second? Walked in the waiting room like this. <laughs> High five, motherfucker. Get your broke ass out of here. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> On the spot. Freakin' said, fuck it, you got the job. Just like that. Wow. So Freakin' dropped a, a couple F-bombs, you're saying? No, Freakin'. I can tell you some Freakin' stories. He's He is... He's me. He will curse you out. Freaking put hands on me. We want to ask you about this. Yeah. Yes, this is. Freaking put hands on me. He did it to myself. I think he did it to Angie Everhart. And I think he did it to Linda Blair. Damn. So I'm in good company. That's a pretty good club right there. Yeah, I think I'm in pretty good company. But yeah, he's got a history of putting hands on actors to get them to where they want them to go. Let me clarify here. Yeah. The story is that he slapped you, right? In the scene where Nick Nolte is confronting you about the point shaving. Yes. Now, did he do it because he's like, yo, I got to get him in the mind of the set of this character who's afraid of this guy who's running in crazy? Or did he do it because he's a maniac who lost his temper and he slapped you? No, it's the first part. Okay. Quick story was the fact that Nick Nolte and I had rehearsed the scene with Freakin'. Went over and over and over and over and we got this. Freaking didn't say anything. Nick was happy. Everybody was happy once we finished the rehearsals. So we get to the dormitories at UCLA. We start to shoot the scene. And I'm doing the exact same thing that we did in the rehearsals. Because I'm not changing shit because this is my first big film. I'm not trying to be Mr. Thespian and trying to... I'm not fixing nothing. I'm doing what he told me to do. He yells action. Boom. I start the scene, boom. He comes in, kicking the door. Boom, Tony, what the fuck is going on? You ah, what the hell is going on? Get my fucking scene. I'm like, oh, I'm looking at Noti like, what is he talking about? And Noti's going, ah, I don't know, Tony. <laughs> I'm going. So, boom, action again. 
Same thing. We start to sing. Boom, we get this door over. Yo, what the fuck is going on? Ah, screaming and yelling and cussing and even screaming at me. Okay, now it's take four or five. And he goes, Tony, do you trust me? I was like, yeah. Do you fucking trust me? I was like, yeah. You're going to be a big star after that. I was still waiting on the star part. You're going to be a big star after this. Ah, do you trust me? I was like, yeah. He goes, damn. Oh, huh. shit. More than one? In my fucking scene and walks out. I was sitting there going, I looked at Noti. Noti turns his fucking back on me. He's like, he don't know what just happened. Holy shit. Let me get my fucking scene, walks out. A scene that you see, so now I know where he wants me to go. I think he verbally could have told me where he wanted me to go because I was doing what we were doing in rehearsal. Right. Because if I know this is where he wanted me to go, I could have gone there a whole lot quicker. I could have gone there and take one. Nah, he just slapped the shit out of you, dude. <laughs> he got put hands on me. Rest in peace. I love you, William Freaking. So the scene that you see on camera is the scene. Boom. Wow. So the next morning, the president of Paramount calls me. The president of Paramount is his wife. Oh, shit. Sherry. <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> yeah. She calls me. Hey, Tony. Your scene went well last night. Just calling to see if... Uh, yeah, I'm just really proud of you. <laughs> you just checking to see if there's going to be a lawsuit following. Yes. <laughs> That's what you checking. Which, if I was smart doing that time, actually, I would have done that. I should have done that. I love freaking... I love Sherry Lansing. Right. I love Paramount. I love all the things that I've done in my career. I should have sued the ass. <laughs> <laughs> or you threaten to sue it. It's like, you know what? Let's get you into a couple more movies. Let's get a bigger part. Yeah, there you go. Something. Leverage. A guy in a suit shows up at your house with the duffel bag. And right. Yeah. <laughs> tractor, maybe, if you're into that. Give me a deal here. Give me a couple million, a whole deal, and never put me in anything. I don't care. <laughs> what, however you figure it out, figure it out. Anthony C. Hall is a producer on a whole bunch yeah. of Paramount <laughs> projects. A whole bunch of things, yeah. I didn't even walk into the meeting, but I was a producer. <laughs> <laughs> Did it sound like maybe Sherry Lansing had done that phone call before? You know what? Obviously, it was some pillow talk when he got home. Yeah. How was work? I was all right. I slapped the shit out of Tony. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tony got these hands. <laughs> it's funny too, because in the scene, you know, there's a point where Nolte really shoves you against the wall. And I had this thought, because I didn't know about William Freakin putting hands on you until Mays told us. But I was like, oh shit, I wonder if he really hit him. And well, I guess it doesn't matter now because <laughs> the director slapped the shit out of him. It was hit before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Tony, I got a couple of quotes here from an oral history regarding this incident that I wanted to read for you. First, we got Shaq who said, after that, he was one take Tony. One take Tony. <laughs> I was like, damn, Robert De Niro. <laughs> I could have been one take Tony if he told me where he wanted me to go. <laughs> if he initially said that, I could have been one take Tony because everything else was like, boom, 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 easy. Nolte said he was shocked. This was shocking to Nick Nolte. Oh, Nolte, he responded to it? Yeah. He said he was he was taken aback. Yeah, I told you. Neither one of us knew what the fuck he was talking about when he was busting through the door. And we were going, but we rehearsed this. We're doing what we rehearsed. Yeah. So if he would have gave me some direction, again, because he verbally could have told me, Tom, I need you to be more upset. I need you to fucking cry. I need you to be more upset. I got you. Let's go. Do you think it was something where like, well, this is his first time. I can't tell him to cry. I can't tell him to be emotional. He's not going to get it. No, no. I think that's just, that's I, just him. 
Yeah, that was his Did you know beforehand? Had anyone told you, oh, by the way, he gets a little intense sometimes? No, no. Because he and I, we had been going to dinners, me, him, Bobby Knight with dinners and Noti, and we were hanging out and stuff like that before the movies. I was like, yo, he's a cool guy. <laughs> that makes it crazier. <laughs> Where in the shooting process was it? Like, was this early in shooting? Was this day one. Oh, day one. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> See, you got to set a tone, Tony. You got to establish a baseline of what it's going to be like. Yo, this is day one in the dormitories at UCLA. Day one. God damn. Yeah. Okay, well, Friedkin had a comment, and here's what he said, all right? Ooh, ooh, shit. I didn't get none of these. (laughs) I got physical with Tony to get him focused and into the moment. It was a high dramatic point in the film. Nothing like that could happen today. You cannot physically touch an actor. Facts. He could have did, did it then. Yeah. I could have sued him then, but... Yeah, I don't think you could do it back then either. He just got away with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't think you could ever as an actor, but... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was a pivotal part of that movie, though. I think that was one of the scenes that really stood out in the film. It's one of the biggest, yeah. I think everyone else's scenes were kind of cakewalk. Really easy, really simple. Simple dialogues and stuff like that. That was a really pivotal scene in the film. And so it worked, again... Motherfucker, you could have told me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he slapped Penny because I don't think when Penny goes to Nolte's office, he gets quite as emotional in that scene. (laughs) Not quite, yeah. No, no, no. Tony, I had a question about that scene. Yes, sir. So Nick Nolte's just figured out with the staff that Tony has been point shaving. He rushes over to the dorms. He's banging on that door for a while. Tony, Tony, open up. And I'm thinking... When Tony opens up, he's going to have a girl with him in the room. That's why it took him so long. There was a girl in the room. Oh. Wow. There was? There was a girl in the room, but she was on the band, and we were just about to get busy. And as soon as he comes through the door, he ushers her out. Oh. Okay. Yes, there was a girl in the room. No girl in the room. What's Tony doing in there? It took so long to open the door. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So there was initially a girl in the room. That makes way more sense then. Yeah, that does. That's funny. I wonder why they cut that out. Yeah, I guess way it was cut. It was just yeah. too much to get her out. And let me slap the shit out of Tony so I can get him ready. I think, <laughs> I think that's more important than this young lady. <laughs> How much shooting of basketball did you do? Because there's obviously footage of the point shaving game. What's the time frame in terms of like weeks of shooting, how it's choreographed? Oh, we shot a lot of basketball. Nothing really choreographed. There was only one choreographed scene in the film is Shaquille's backdoor dunk. Yeah. Other than that, it was just throw the ball up, put 10 cameras up, and we'll just shoot it all, and we'll pull what we can pull. Tony, you know what you need to do? You need to make a few mistakes Mm. and look up at the camera. Tony, in the rehearsed scene, the choreographed scene where Shaq goes for the dunk, I read something that the first time that that happened, Bobby Knight... Bobby Knight was like, fuck out of here. What did he do? (laughs) From what I heard, he called us some Hollywood F-words. Oh. 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 That sounds like Bobby Knight. That's... He said, I'm not going to lose any Hollywood. It's the words... French use for cigarettes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is the word that French use for cigarettes. Yeah. Damn. And he did it a few times. I think he did it like three times. Where he was like, no, I'm not letting him get that. Nah. That's the point of the movie, though. Yo, dude, does he know this is the movie? <laughs> because the rest of the game, we just played yeah. all real basketball. Right. I didn't play as much during that time because at this point, I'm the point shaver. And... 
I'm not in his good graces. Right. And I'm not Penny Hardaway either. Zach pointed that out. He's like, is Tony off the team? Because I ain't seen him in this game. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, like I don't see him anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the bench. I'm in the huddles and stuff like that, but he ain't playing me because of the whole I'm trying to win. I ain't trying to put the point shape on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I already know what he does. <laughs> he throws games. <laughs> one time. <laughs> Just one time, coach. There's this Dave Chappelle bit where people are going up to him at theme parks and stuff is going, I'm Rick James, bitch. And his face is like, can you please not call me a bitch in front of my kids? Hilarious. How often do you get something about flunking TV class? And it's not just watching the tube. People running up to you. Yo, that's crazy that you said that because everyone always said, did you have a pass TV? I'm like, <laughs> They're worried about you. I'm still going, is that really a TV class? Why did they come up with that class? God damn it. I was a pizza man in the class. <laughs> Do other stuff. <laughs> yeah, what's that? I had a TV show. Did you see that? No. <laughs> Nobody saw that show either. You got canceled after a season. Damn it, I did nothing. After. <laughs> How long was Gary Vitti wrapping your ankle? Damn, bro. For that one scene. Gary Vitti? Oh, Gary's my guy. Gary's he's quick. He was good at that. How's Gary doing? funny that's the first time you met him right no you knew him before that yeah because i've always been around the lakers since oh. says sabalos because says sabalos was my best friend doing our well we've been knowing each other since high school oh wow but then when he was a laker i used to go to the games with said and then obviously it was Shaquille. Shaq, yeah so i've always been around and then i'm uh, working out with magic at ucla and then when we did Space Jams, because I did something to Space Jams, just can't remember what the hell I did. <laughs> <laughs> just know I get a check every few months. It's like, what am I doing here? Why do I keep getting this check? I forgot you were in Virtuosity, too. Mm -hmm. Virtuosity, yeah, I was in Virtuosity. The guy with the glasses on, who's typing on the computer. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they come and crash the computer. Ah, I just got out the way. Guys, he still got it. Yeah. <laughs> you see that shit? He still got it. Same. The squid and the glasses at the same time? <laughs> Didn't even need to be slapped. Yeah, looking like John Sally. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> bad, bad boys. boys. <laughs> I'd like you all to do an experiment on a plant, something that uh, may benefit mankind. And if you would devise something that's groundbreaking, I guarantee you a A in this course. Oh, well, hold on, man. You following me? You can't, you can't do that, Lionel. Look, man, if you don't want me to have a foreman job, I understand, but I need my fucking job, man. Tony, so we got some awards that we do for these movies. Okay. And we're going to go ahead and give you the Lewis Pinnock Accent Award for your Nick Nolte and William Friedkin impressions you just yeah. busted out in that storytelling. Okay, okay, okay. Congratulations. It's a very prestigious award. Very. I don't know. <laughs> That's a really good Nolte. <laughs> Nolte was one of those actors. I learned a lot from, even the slap. I think I learned a lot because I recognize how to read a scene and where I need to go and or do some different levels. But Nolte, I learned how he prepared for a scene. Like one time I was looking for Nolte. We was doing something. I forget the scene. And he was just like in a dark room. Just being quiet. And he came out, face was red, eyes were blessed. I was like, God <laughs> damn, this motherfucker's bad. <laughs> <laughs> he cold. Deep in the character. Oh my God. You mentioned you all have been out to dinners with William Freakin, with Nick Nolte, with Bobby Knight, with all these people. 
Is that typical in a movie making process where you got a cast that's that close knit that's doing things outside of work? No one. I think it was more of Noti getting stories from Mr. Knight, uh, uh, the director being part of that that process, yeah. and then me just being there or whatever. Right. I think that's what that whole process was, because Mr. Knight would talk about doing that time paying players money and stuff like that. So now he started bringing up players that I knew, and I was just be quiet like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he brought up like Chris Mills. And, well, I know Chris. That's my dude. Yeah. And I knew what kind of car Chris drove. And I was like, yo. <laughs> I get to know this conversation. <laughs> I was like, let me leave that alone. But yeah, so it was just him getting the stories. Got it. Yeah, so I think that was part of it. And I just so happened to be lucky enough to get a free mail. Breathe. In through nose. Out the mouth. That's on. That's off. Teddy Rex. Lucy Teddy Rex. on fuck it ass off ass on fuck it ass off the ass on award goes to the worst actor in the movie the worst actor we've got bob Cousy as vic roker Cousy. we got matt nover as ricky Rowe. we got jim Beheim and jerry tarkanian as themselves no tark was great tark was good yeah i'm good with tark Beheim was, was awful <laughs> because we're not putting my boy matt nover in there get him out of there so you know what we're going to go with that I truly believe that he was that horny. I bought it. <laughs> horny as hell. <laughs> That's the horniest basketball player ever. <laughs> Look, coach, all I need is um, I'm, a, I'm a big prospect, and, and I just, you know, just a little couple dollars and in a suitcase, briefcase, whatever. You already got the Lewis Pinnock Award. You don't need to keep doing all these amazing impressions, Tony. He wants the ass off award. I want all the, I want all the awards, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I want them all. So who's the worst actor? Kuzi or Bayheim? Who's worse? Koozie. I'm with it. There it is. Good man. That in himself. You know what? I wanted to give it to Bayheim, but I'm happy with Koozie getting it. Acting against plumbers and firemen. Bob Koozie. Yep. <laughs> Hilarious. And you guys rip Koozie. You know how many games Koozie played? You know, he taking trains to Fort Wayne, Indiana and run into the ball game because the train is late and they played the night before in Boston. And he go out there and play 45 minutes. Now we got ass off, which is the best actor. And this is loaded because you're in there. Lewis Gossett Jr. in his one scene coming out with the pipe. Ooh. Nolte, obviously. JT Walsh is happy. God. The villain. Man. Bribing everybody. Not the villain. Not the villain. No. JT was fucking cold, right? He is great in that movie, man. God, he was cold. Oh, but, but, but technically, the LA Times <laughs> said that I was an MVP. Oh, oh, oh. oh, he's pulling out receipts. Wow. They said that I was the MVP of said movie. So, I was... Oh, hey, man. <laughs> wow. I would have to say, the slap works. <laughs> <laughs> it surely says, MVP, it says right there. Wait, yeah. Oh, there's the pizza. <laughs> on the yeah, back. The pizza's on your back. It was MVP was most versatile performance. There you go. Yeah. But I think they were just talking about out of the athletes. So well, that's no doubt. Yeah. You watched everybody. You watched Shaq, Penny, Matt Nover. I think Shaq's great in it, but we can't forget. Shaq did a good job. Shaq did a really good job. God damn it. That dude is so, so damn talented. Too talented. Yeah. He's got to stop. Sometimes it's annoying. <laughs> Why you do everything? 
Also, let's not forget the dolphin mascot <laughs> is phenomenal. The dolphin, that dolphin mascot is incredible. Oh, oh, oh! What was that like seeing that in person? <laughs> Let me give you a mascot yeah. story real quick. This is a good. One. Yes, <laughs> I'm reading for <laughs> I'm reading for Jerry Maguire, and at some point it comes down to myself, Cube, and a few other different people. Oh, you reading for that role? Yes, I'm reading for that role. Rod Tidwell. Come to find out, I did a really good job, but Tom didn't want to work with anybody at my height. Too tall. Mm. Yep. He wanted to be looking up at this actor the whole damn time. I get it. Director likes me, so he gives me a rope. I don't have to read for it, nothing. He just gives it to me. I was like, all right, cool. So it fly me down to Arizona. I'm ready to do this. Well, they made me the fucking mascot. No. <laughs> no. That's not a role. So That's the mascot is someone who would talk to Cube right before he entered the field, teasing him and boo and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Then I get cut out. Not even just that. The mascot was in a pickle suit. <laughs> Come on, man. You're not even a cardinal or whatever you... What? He was called Pickle Man. <laughs> If you ever looked some outtakes of Jerry Maguire, that would be neat. That's the rest of my afternoon. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Jerry Maguire Pickle Man mascot. Hilarious. But I still get those residual checks. There you go. That's all you need. Yes. Yeah. They might be $2.57, but they're still getting they're still cash. Yeah, they're still cash. They're getting cash. Mary McDonald is Jenny Bell and then Nick Nolte talking about his chops as Coach Pete Bell. Who was the best actor outside of yourself, Tony? We know you're the most versatile performer. Yeah, it's right here. <laughs> you know what? I would have to go Nick. Why? Because I think he had the hardest job to be a coach for a sport that he really didn't know a lot about. And so all the stuff he learned from speaking with all the other coaches and Mr. Knight and even Rod Shelton, who was a basketball fanatic, because, you know, he white man can't jump and bull dorm. And so he knows sports like the back of his hand. All those things that he learned from those people, he was able to put those things together and build this character. And his character was Bobby Knight, technically. But he was able to pull that off. And I think he did a really good job doing it. We didn't do box office, but you know what? It was a different time, different era. Now it's a cult classic. Those VHS sales, though, had to hit. Why wasn't it? Because it's one of those weird things. Obviously, we all kind of work in and around sports. When we watch it, we see a movie. First of all, the basketball is authentic. Yeah. It's not like the air up there where Kevin Bacon is looking at the ball or whatever. <laughs> right. But also, even the things they're talking about, that shit is pretty... We all knew these things, yeah. Important story. Right. Forget about not doing great at the box office. Why do you think it wasn't received well by the critics? Because they don't know about the game. And they didn't understand those things that we were talking about. So those things went over their head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't like common knowledge to them. They're not around sports like we are. Right. They just didn't understand it. Their kids were already going to college on academic scholarships and stuff like that. They weren't trying to figure out how they was going to get in school or where their next meal was coming from. It's funny you mentioned Nolte's chops as a coach because I think Amin pointed out earlier, he sounds more like a coach than Rick Pitino does in the movie. Yeah. He legitimately sounds like a basketball coach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even practice scenes where, like, he's teaching how to set a screen. That's a basketball coach right there. Yeah. He's really doing that shit. Right. But you saw the free throw scene, though, right? Yeah. Lacuzzi? Yeah. You heard the story behind that? That he really shot those baskets? It was one take, right? He was knocking those down. One take. Yeah. And he couldn't miss. And Noti was like, yo, do you ever miss? 
And then he switched to his left and boom, knocked it down with his left. He was like, yo, that's crazy. He used up all his misses in the 50s and 60s. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, I saw something that said that Nolte didn't even really know the rules of basketball. Is that accurate? For real? He knew nothing about the game. So then he comes in there wow. and he learns all this stuff and he comes out authentic. That's amazing. As a coach. That makes it even more impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I was really impressed with that. So. Are you good at keeping secrets? Absolutely. Because I've got a, a present for you. Secret present outside by the dumpster. Is it a baseball mitt? It fits you like a baseball mitt, like a glove, I hope. The final award here is the Golden Dumpster. So this is the most memorable, best moment, best scene. You've got the opening scene rant where he comes in, he's slamming the door over and over again. Once you guys losers. Yeah, you don't deserve to have jerseys. <laughs> yeah. You don't deserve a locker room. Yeah. What was it like being on the receiving end of that speech, Tony? You're the dumbest team I've ever coached. You no, know, exactly. It was pretty fun because I played at Chaminade in Hawaii and my coach was Merv Lopes. <laughs> And Merv was the Hawaiian Bobby Knight. <laughs> and he thought he was the best coach on the planet. And he spoke like that. It was like a flashback, like, <laughs> is he about to walk through the door? Because, damn, what the hell is going on there? Yeah. And he got on my ass like that, too. And Tony, his name, always come up and, ah, Tony, on your ass. You think you're Michael Jordan, you ain't shit. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, he used to go be like that. Like, Yo, you think you're Michael Jordan? Ah, these kids don't know shit. You ain't shit. Ah. And we got Nolte yelling at the whole team during practice about buying you prophylactics. That was funny. Another classic moment. That was a good time. That was good. So I'm picking one of these things? Whatever you want. For you from the movie, most memorable thing. Yeah, I'm just throwing some ideas at you. If it's not you getting slapped by William Freakin, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what it is. Uh, I think the prophylactics. Yeah. I think that was a good thing. So, yeah, prophylactics. I like that one. That was fun. That was one take. Was it? Oh, shit. One take Tony. <laughs> one take Tony, yeah. One take Tony. It was after the slap, so. Yeah, set the tone. <laughs> slap got him right. <laughs> Slap got him right. Yeah, I think for me, it's the whole failing TV. Well, it's not just watching the two. It's our class. To me, this is the second best basketball movie ever. White Man Can't Jump is my favorite. White Man Can't Jump? Really? One of my favorite movies ever, but it's my favorite sports movie, favorite basketball movie. Like, I, I love that movie so much. Oh, I mean, I got a lot of friends in there because all those guys play at the Hollywood YMCA. Marcus Johnson is Raymond, the guy that goes and gets his gun and everything. Silk is in it. Uh... Ron Show just wrote a movie that. Hey, I got a bunch of actors in here. Let me just put them in. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So we got that and not the Spike Lee joints. We got game. Oh, he got game? It's up there. But this one, for whatever reason, like, you know, I was a big Shaq fan as a kid. I love this movie so much. Mm, well, shoot. I'm going blue sips for the gold. <laughs> I'll take that. Sure. What scene you got, Maze? I'm really leaning towards Lewis Gossett Jr. That's a great speech. The whole Father Dawkins scene. Oh him giving that speech to all the coaches. Him walking out. Blood in the water. Yeah, blood in the water. <laughs> yeah. We have an award here, the Delroy Lindo All in a Day's Work Award. You show up, you got your one scene, you're uncredited. And you just knock it out of the park. Crush it. So I think that's what I'm going to go with. Okay. I mean, I'm struggling because I thought some of these things were going to get accounted for and they haven't gotten accounted for. I thought someone was going to take the opening scene and I thought someone was going to take the scene where, you know, Tony gets confronted by Nick Nolte in the dorm room. And I was going to go with the scene where Shaq says, 
your old lady's tough. And Nick Nolte says, my ex-old lady. And he says, now I see why you left the bitch. That was, Ooh. <laughs> that shit. Ooh. That's just funny, man. It's funny. That's funny. But I'm going to go with the opening scene because he just keeps leaving the locker room and coming back and talking more shit. Yeah. Assistant coaches yeah. start walking over and go right back to the wall. Yeah. I agree with you. Again, for someone who didn't know anything about the game. It's crazy. So where did he get that from? Nailed it. It's crazy. That is amazing. Yeah, super impressive. So is this podcast for, for cinema? What is it? What are you guys doing? So it's a podcast where we watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes, and we try to figure out whether they're accurate or they didn't get a fair shake. We weren't on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. That's, that was the question. That was why I asked you the question. Why do you think it wasn't well received? I didn't know that. Yeah, man. It's kind of crazy. If it's 40% or lower then it qualifies. That way it kind of narrows down the field of movies that we'll do. Okay. It is fucking nuts to me that this movie is not 90% on audience and the critics. You know what? If I know that, I would have done this interview. <laughs> <laughs> you probably ain't gonna talk shit about We're saying it's good. No, we're saying it's good. We're saying it doesn't deserve to be on our show. It's too good. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The establishment, the system want to say that it's not a good movie, but we went through, we watched it. What's the movie with Kaiser Sosha? Usual Suspects? Usual Suspects wasn't received well early on. I don't think Scarface was. Scarface still isn't. It might have come up over recent years, but... No, I think Scarface is a classic. I know. I'm saying in the box office, they didn't do well. The critics liked it, though. When it came out, a lot of critics didn't like it. Now it's like over time, it's gotten to that place. Right. But, you know, we're doing a labor of love here. We love movies. And we don't like seeing certain movies get bad reputation. Now, some of the movies deserve it. Yeah. Facts, I get it. Virtuosity we love too, so. Yeah. You're two for two, Tony. I was up there to do the Michael Jordan story. For real? I'm glad I turned that shit down. <laughs> was it Flex Alexander or which one? No, Flex, he didn't do Michael Jordan. He's a Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, that's right. Flex is my boy, so don't talk shit about Flex. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here defending all my boys. Don't talk about none of them, son. You can't talk about Dwayne Martin. You can't talk about Will Smith. Oh, Dwayne Martin. You can't talk about nobody that I know. My third favorite basketball movie, Above the Rim. I love Dwayne Martin. Above the Rim was fire. Let me just say right now, I met Chicago in 2007, 2008, something like that. Yeah, easy. I've known you for almost 20 years, right? Easy. The first time I met you, I'll never forget this. You and Shaq were having a farting contest. <laughs> I was like, on, the man. fuck is going on here, man? <laughs> all right, here we go. Shaq's here. Go rebound for him, all that shit. I get down there, he having a farting contest with this dude. I'm like, what's going on, man? <laughs> the second thing I realized real quick is the six degrees of Anthony Chicago Hall. It didn't matter who the fuck you were talking about. Oh, that dude, uh, he's my neighbor. Oh, that dude, like, oh, we go to the same gym. We work out together. I was like, he knew everybody. I get coffee with this guy every Wednesday. Dude, I made a comment. I think it was Eric Roberts. I want to say Eric Roberts. Uh -huh. I was just going off left field. Like, yeah, so like Eric Roberts. And you're like, yo, Eric Roberts, that's my boy. And I'm like, well, come on, man. Like, <laughs> you can't know all these people. It's a lie. You can't know everybody. Call <laughs> The black actors, the white actors, like the directors, everybody. We will do best of the best someday. I love that movie. <laughs> That's funny. You know what? I've been blessed. I know quite a few people. But Black Hollywood, we're really a tight-knit group. I think the comics are starting to spread out a little bit. But in terms of Black Hollywood, I think we were just like a really tight-knit group. So we all knew each other. Even if we weren't like buddies calling each other on the phone, we knew each other, acknowledged each other, applauded each other, supported each other. Things have changed a lot now. 
Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, Tony, we appreciate you giving us the time and going down memory lane. It's been 30 years. Man, I appreciate you guys. And yes, 30 years of Rotten Apple. What is it called? No. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Look at this guy. He's out the industry now. He's like, oh, I don't even know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tomato, tomato, tomatoes. <laughs> Well, I mean, you picked a motherfucker. Motherfucker. I like that. Over file. I think people who listen to the Patreon exclusive cold open know that it's a sweet file. File me. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to bandy it about. This is my second favorite basketball movie ever. Easy file. I think the only thing holding it back from having the best basketball action is the camera angles. But even then. Yeah. It's still good. Obviously, other movies have done it way, way worse. But I guess I just wanted it to be a little better. And I feel like that's mostly that it's in 9094. But yeah, file sweep it, boys. Make sure you send us your Fober file, Golden Dumpster, Ass on, Ass off, Five Horsemen, Lewis Pinnock Award, at Talk Hoops, at Darth Mean, at Corn Puzzle, at Cinephile Pod, at Count the Dings. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. next is it yes actually yeah it is yeah all right i don't believe him anymore i've been cornered on my picks cornered of having to get it done in fear that it will not qualify anymore right jaws not so much but that's why mvp happened earlier than i anticipated oh cornered by the percentages yeah got it. Okay. by the percentages i just discovered that my next pick it's got to happen now because the audience is 40 percent, and we cannot trust the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. And so, I mean, I think you're going to like this because it has all the makings of a cinephobe classic. Yes. It has trains. Okay. It has... Steve Willie, no! <laughs> That's different. It has a conspiracy. It has film noir. Okay. It has Liam Neeson. It's The Commuter. Oh, shit. I... Available on Netflix, I think. The first cinephobe future movie that I have to strike off the list because someone else picked it. That's amazing. This whole time you've been picking movies, I can't count how many. There's so many of them. And yet this is the first time when it's come off the list. Wow. Look at us. In sync. Bye, bye, bye. Back to you guys. I bet you are. 98 degrees. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.